Man of the Family by Ralph Moody. Chapter 7, The Sheriff Lends a Hand. Father, I'm uh, enjoying time right now with family. And so I thank you for all the kids and grandkids who are part of our home and the generations that are getting passed on. Thank you for Grandpa and Grandma who I'm with and aunts and uncles and all those, Lord, that you've given us as part of our lives. I thank you, Lord, for the richness of your provision. Uh, and let us enjoy this chapter as we go through it together, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> when we'd first moved to Littleton from the ranch, Mrs. Leonard, the lady we bought our milk from, had asked me to drive her to Petersburg to deliver some rabbits. She had lots of them. I didn't know how much to charge her for the trip, so she had given me two half-grown rabbits. Father had helped me build a hutch for them, and they had grown to beat the band. That first day, I picked up coal along the railroad tracks. My rabbits started acting crazy. I didn't know what could be the matter with them, so I asked Mother to come out and see if they were sick. I thought maybe I'd cut some local weed in with the grass I'd been feeding them. It was Wednesday, and Mother was hurrying to get everything ready for my afternoon delivery. She was all flushed from the hot kitchen, but she threw a shawl over her shoulders and came out to the hutch with me. She only looked in each pen half a minute and said, Why, they're sisters, aren't they? Didn't they come from the same litter? I don't know, I said. They were in a pen with four or five others. Mrs. Leonard just put her hand in and gave me the first two she got hold of. Well, Mother said, I don't think there's anything wrong with them, except that they're lonesome. Oh, I hadn't thought about that, I said. Perhaps I'll put them both together in one pen. No, no, I wouldn't do that, son. They're a little bit upset right now. They might quarrel. You know, sisters sometimes do. Well, what can I do then? Hmm, Mother said. Dutch Gunther has rabbits, doesn't he? Did his come from Mrs. Leonard's stock? No, I said. He got his from Floyd Hornbuckle. They're kind of reddish-brown instead of gray like Mrs. Leonard's. Why, that's fine, Mother said. Why don't you swap one of your rabbits with Dutch? Then you'd have one of each kind, wouldn't you? But I don't want one of each kind, I said. Mine are prettier than Dutch's, and besides, they're fatter. Hmm, yes, Mother said. I know. Well, maybe you can just borrow one of Dutch's to come over and visit yours for a few days till they get over being lonesome. Do you think that would be all right? I guess it would, but isn't borrowing a rabbit almost like borrowing a horse? Well, not exactly. In this case, Mother said. I think it would be the right thing to do. Now, you come in while I scribble a note to Mrs. Gunther. I'm certain she would be glad to help you boys pick out just the right one. Dutch had seven rabbits, counting the one that had the litter but there was only one his mother would let me borrow. That was a kind of scrawny-looking old one that was so mean he had to be kept in a tin-lined box or he'd gnaw out. When I picked him up, he nearly tore my shirt sleeve off with his hind toenails. After that, I, <laughs> After that, I didn't want to borrow him at all. I was afraid he'd make my rabbits more upset than ever, but Mrs. Gunther seemed to want me to take him, so I did. I carried him home in an old onion sack and put him in the top pen in the hutch, but he didn't like it. He raced around like a loco horse, like a loco horse in his, a box stall and banged his hind feet down on the floorboards so hard it sounded as though somebody might be hitting them with a hammer. Mother must have heard it from him clear in the house because she put her shawl on again and came out to the hutch. We stood there looking at him for a minute or two, then Mother said, I believe you could raise us some awfully good meat at very little expense. That is, if you knew just how to take care of these rabbits. 
I do know how to take care of them, I said. My rabbits are the biggest ones in town for their age, and I took care of them all by myself. Yes, I know, she said. But now you need to get more little rabbits, don't you? It would be easier, I told her, if I had Lady, so I could take Mrs. Leonard on more trips. But I can earn some money from Mr. Wilkie and buy little ones for a quarter apiece from Floyd Hornbuckle. Or for 75 cents, I can get one that's going to have a litter like Dutch did. Hmm. Hmm. You could, Mother said. But aren't these two sister rabbits of yours about old enough to be married? Maybe this old fellow would make them a good husband. No, I don't think so, I said. He's mean. He nearly tore my shirt sleeve off, and he chewed his own pen half to pieces before Dutch put tin on it. He'd kill them both the first thing he did. Oh, I don't think he'd harm them a bit. I think he's, he'd make them a good husband. Well, he can be their husband if you want him to, I said, but he'll have to stay in his own pen. I know he'd kill them if he ever got a chance. You don't know how mean he is. Mother put her arm around my shoulder and led me over by the barn door. We both sat down on the sill, and Mother said, Do you remember how Father planted the beans? Sure I do, I said. I helped him. Father plowed the field while I was at school. But on Saturday, we dug the hills. Then Father put in the seeds and stepped on them. That's it, she said. Father put in the seeds and pressed them into the warm earth so they would grow. Now, what's the big difference between rabbits and beans? Well, I guess you mean because one's an animal and the other's a vegetable. That's it, son, she said. She told me, a rabbit is warm, it has blood in it, and gives milk for its young, but a bean is cold and doesn't have blood in it, or gives milk for its young. A bean seed can draw its strength from the blood of its a bean seed can draw its strength from the warm ground, but a rabbit seed has to draw its strength from the blood of its mother. Just as your father planted the bean seeds in the ground, the father rabbit will have to plant the rabbit seed in the mother rabbit where it can draw its strength from her blood. Now, I'm going into the house, and I think it would be a good idea if you put one of your does in to visit with Dutch's buck. I guess I'd always known there were stallions and bulls and roosters. I'd seen plenty of times, them plenty of times on the ranches, but I never bothered to think what they were for there for. <clears throat> Chickens just pecked their ways out of eggs, and mother always had said that God was going to send Lady a new Colton Spring. After she'd gone back into the house, I put one of my does into the pen with Dutch's buck. They didn't fight at all. That Wednesday night, I got an awful toothache. Mother had told Grace, had Grace, Mother had Grace hold her glass to shine lamplight in my mouth while she tried to see what the matter was. It must have looked worse to her than it really was because she said, my, my, I've been so neglectful of your children's teeth. You should have been to the dentist a year ago, but my, these dentists are so expensive. Of course, they have to, they have to have expensive educations, but well, there's no sense in talking. It's a permanent tooth. I'm afraid the nerve is exposed. You'll just have to stay out of school tomorrow morning, and we'll go down to see Dr. Austin. I understand he's not as expensive as that young dentist in the bank building. As soon as I finished my milk route the next morning, Mother and I went down to the village. At first, she walked right along with her back straight and her head up the way she always used to. But before we got as far as Main Street, she was all tired out, and she had to rest twice going up the steps to Dr. Austin's office over Monaghan's saloon. Dr. Austin was a nice old man, but he hurt me so much, I nearly squeezed the arms off his swivel chair. He had a machine drill with a, thread, a treadle like a sewing machine, and before he was through drilling, <laughs> drilling I, thought, I thought my whole head was afire. I can't imagine that. After Mother had given him the dollar and a half for fixing my tooth, he went down to we went down to Shellabarger's. 
Mother wanted to stop in and thank him for the package of meat that he always gave me on Saturday when I paid the bill. Just as we were turning in at the store, I saw Sheriff McGrath come riding around the corner by the grist mill. He was riding his chestnut horse and leading a flea-bitten gray on a halter rope. I told him Mother had asked I told Mother I had asked him if there were any more cattle coming through town, and I'd wait for her out front. But that wasn't really what I was thinking about. I walked down the sidewalk a little ways to meet him and yelled, Hi, Sheriff, so he'd be sure to see me. When he pulled up, I said, Did you hear any more cattle coming through town this spring? I'm sorry the boys ran some of those last ones, but I couldn't help it. No, of course you couldn't help it, the Sheriff hollered. Now, no. I ain't heard of no cattle moving this away. How's your ma? I'm kind of worried about her, I said. She had to walk clear down here with me this morning to go to the dentist, and she's all tuckered out. She's in Shella Barger's market, but I thought if I stood out here, I might see somebody with a rig that was going our way and would give us a ride home. The sheriff looked up and down Main Street, but the only rig in sight was Gunther's express wagon backed up to Kinkle's market. By George, you picked one hell of a time for a day to get in the lift. Ain't a team in sight? No place. Why don't you come around mail time? Or why don't you let me know you're, you was coming? Tell you what you do. By George, you start your ma a walking slow along the high road. Somebody's apt to come along. He jerked the front of his hat down over his forehead and kicked the spurs in his horse just the way I thought he would. Mother and I had gone as far as the grist mill corner before I heard wheels rattling behind us and the fast spank of a shod horses on a hard dirt road. I didn't have to look around. The sheriff hollered, before he was within 50 yards of us. Morning, Miss Moody. Fine morning, ain't it? He pulled the front wheel into the gutter beside us and cramped the team way around so it would be easy for Mother to get in. By George, it's right good to you. It's right good to see you looking so pert, he said. Thought you looked a mite peaked when I seen you a couple weeks ago. How's your garden doing? He didn't give Mother a chance to say a word, but swung his reins around the whip's socket and climbed out of the buckboard with his big hat in his hand. He was still hollering as if we were half a mile away when he put one hand in her mother's elbow and said, Step right in, step right in, Miss Moody. Happens I'm a-going right out past your place. Gotta see what damage them last cattle down, done Horn and Leonard's fences. He turned his head a little and winked at me as he said it. Mother never, never did guess I had anything to do with the sheriff driving us home, or if she did, she never let me know it. She just bowed her head the least little bit, smiled as if as she got in, said, Thank you so much, Mr. McGrath. It's very nice of you to stop and think us, pick us up. The garden is doing splendidly. We haven't lost a single tomato plant. She said it just as quietly as could be, but that was about all she had a chance to say. The sheriff didn't holler anymore, and he just let the team amble along, but he kept talking all the way to our house. It was mostly about me being full of vinegar and needing a man to look after me, and about how good mother's beans and brown bread were. He told me to leave him a quart of beans and a brown bread loaf at Shellabarger's every Wednesday and Saturday. After Sheriff McGrath helped mother down at our front gate, he didn't seem to be in any hurry to go. He pushed his hat back on his head and put one foot up on the wheel hub. Nice layout you got here, Ms. Moody, he said. A wit too close to the edge of town, the railroad, for a widow woman to be living alone. Ain't been troubled none with hobos, have you? Mother had opened the gate. She went through and closed it with me on the, still on the outside. Then she smiled and bowed her head just a little bit toward the sheriff, and before she said, No, 
We haven't had a bit of trouble. I feel very safe here with my children. Thank you again, Mr. McGrath. Then she turned toward the front steps. He twisted his mustache back from his mouth and said, Don't you go trying to walk down the village no more, Ms. Moody. Just let me know any time you feel a hankering to go and I'll pick you up. No trouble at all. Line of duty keeps me on the streets almost continual. By that time, Mother was right up to the front door. She opened it and smiled again before she went in. Good morning, Mr. McGrath, she said. It's a nice morning, isn't it? <laughs> She's so kind. Okay. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day.